This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back. This is the start of hour three of the Donna and Steve show on my talk 1071, everything entertainment. I'm reading Leah Remini's post right now. You know, I don't follow Scientology stuff a lot. Mm-hmm. And by a lot, I mean hardly at all. Yeah. But last night, I was on Twitter and it just sort of popped up. And she just posted this yesterday. I'm going to I'm going to read a big chunk of it, but we have a little time here. Just oh, yeah, to kind of fill everybody in. Uh, Leah Remini posted this yesterday on Twitter. I've been doing something unfamiliar and uncomfortable lately. Saying yes instead of no to opportunities that involve leaving my home and venturing into the world. Hmm. This is a big deal for me because in recent years I've said no to a lot, from invitations to go out with friends to attending events and traveling. So I thought she was just at this point saying, like, I'm going to say yes. Like, that's my word of the year is yes. Yeah. Just yeah. to not be, you know, so lazy and lackadaisical and maybe sitting around like we often do. Mm-hmm. Not at all the case. She goes on to say, as some of you know, since I escaped from Scientology in 2013, I've been followed constantly by Scientology operatives and agents. These people hide in the shadows to monitor my movements and who I'm meeting with so that they can report back to the Scientology's intelligence agency, the Office of Special Affairs, which reports directly to David Miscavige. Oh, my God. They also snap on flattering pictures of me to body shame me and use these photos in their latest campaigns in an attempt to undermine and destabilize me. Their post includes salacious headlines similar to Leah with no job abandoned by Hollywood because she is a bigot. By the way, they call me a bigot because I oppose Scientology's abusive practices. And... Leah, sitting alone because she has no friends. They hope these will have an impact on me psychologically, but also on people who are in my life or might consider being in my life. Scientology has gone from those tactics, which are bad enough, to hiring vulnerable people living with severe mental illnesses to harass and intimidate me. Oh, my gosh. These people who are being exploited by a tax-exempt organization with religious status do not know who they are working for and why they're doing it. Among the many things they've done is break into my gated community. Scientology has no problem putting me, my friends, my friend, uh, my family, and those I work with in danger. Again, if you're just tuning in, Leah Remini, long post about Scientology and trying to start living a normal life again. Yesterday on X. She goes on to say, and so as much of I, uh, as I have a persona of being a tough broad from Brooklyn and as, a t- as tough as I would like to be, their harassment does have a significant impact on my mental and physical health. And, as Scientology intends, it's had an impact on anyone who might consider working with me to stop and reconsider because this criminal, unethical, and immoral conduct 
is what they would be exposing themselves to. Mm. It's been a decade since I fled from Scientology with my family, but it's a constant struggle to push myself to experience my life. And here's where it gets awfully human here, too. Yeah, yeah. She says, I'll have a good day and I'll think to myself, okay, tomorrow I'm going to continue to do things that I want to do. And then depression takes over. I get consumed by fear and I find every reason not to go. I have to fight this in myself every day. The process starts all over again from the moment I wake up. I want to get out. I want to experience so many things, including the mundane in most days. I don't. For me, a big win is visiting a friend, visiting my mom, playing canasta with her and her friends. I often post photos and videos of me doing mundane things to my friends because I quietly celebrate going through with it. It's huge. Given my depression and very warranted fears of being hunted, as well as my concerns for my friend's safety, it's a big thing to overcome. I'll button it up with this. She goes on to say more, but this one last paragraph that I'll read. She says, I wanted to share what I've been going through because if any of you feel this way, whether it's depression, anxiety, or any other reason, mm-hmm. I understand. And while our experiences may not be the same, the manifestation of what we are facing is similar. I think that is very beautifully written, and I think it's very useful because some of the other things she talks about with depression are um, her, and I can relate to this. She said, um, my body has seemed to change overnight, something women my age go through naturally, but I know it still comes as a shock to so many of us. Like, she basically is taking the words right out of my mouth as far as, like, menopause goes. Like, I literally... And paramenopause? Yes, leading up to it, yes. Yeah, okay. And um, that's how I felt. I literally felt like I went to bed one night, and when I woke up, everything was different. So I, I just think this is really brave of her. And it also begs the question, why is the FBI, why, you know, not getting involved with... In investigating Scientology more and these practices, so many people can't be lying about what's happening behind the scenes. People who've, you know, left. Right. Like, I don't I don't understand what the holdup is. Right. From a legal standpoint. And if you're someone like Leah Remini, who's got your own level of professional clout, I know she doesn't feel that way right now. But if you have that and you would think that you would be able to essentially get the attention of authorities without them thinking this is a crazy person. Right. I mean, you we've know. seen this happen with um, criminal cases before, right? Uh, didn't we? What was that story about? Um, oh, my gosh. There was a documentary about um, a murder that happened up north, I think. And then they reopened the investigation. I just I don't understand. She's had a show that was on for so many seasons and so many legitimate people talking about these practices. Th- this woman deserves an award for what she has attempted to do. She closed it out, Leah Remini, yesterday on X, talking about how she's been struggling since leaving Scientology 10 years ago. She said at the very bottom, If you've read this far, thank you. I wrote this because I often feel very alone in experiencing it. And in writing about this and sharing it publicly... I hope to feel less isolated and hope that I can make some of you feel the same. But interesting because even after she did her her um, 
what was it, Going Clear, whatever the, the Leah Remini docuseries that she did about leaving Scientology. You almost think, I think one could watch that and think, okay, now she got that off of her chest, she spoke her truth, and now she's, you know, living her best life. Not the case at all. She's scared. She's, according to her, you know, she's depressed. She's scared, feels isolated, doesn't have the courage most days to even go outside because she's thinking of somebody tracking me. Right. You know. Right. I mean, that's got to be a terrifying way to live. Jeez. And the fact that she's saying these people are being hired to track her for money. Right. And they don't even know what they're what it's for. Um, Scientology in the aftermath was the. That's um, what it's called. Yeah. Man, that makes me really sad. And mad. Yeah. You know, for her that she's still dealing with this because they're like the mafia. You know, because there's people on the inside, people who could be investigating. They, Scientology is in with, you know, the cops. Got them on the payroll or something? Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, that is on both Instagram and on X. It is 11-11, make a wish. We will take a break. Okay. When we come back, we have a few studies uh, that we could get to. Maybe we start with the most polarizing of them all. Who's really the bigger babies when we get sick? Is it men? Or is it women? Hmm. My wife and I just had a little conversation about this last night. Hmm. We'll dig into that. I have an answer. Donna. (laughs) We'll dig into that. The suspense will build during these next couple of minutes, and then we'll hear Donna's thoughts when we return on Donna and Steve. It's my talk. Hey, it is Rocco for MNFatLoss.com. I'm proud to endorse MNFatLoss.com because it did, in fact, work for me. About this time last year, mid-March, I said, you know what? I'm going to try to lose some weight. I'm going to take the advice of the doctor and his team at MNFatLoss.com. And they indeed taught me how to eat better. Uh, I lost about 25, 30 pounds and I've kept it off because it wasn't a fad diet. It wasn't a weird pill that I didn't know the side effects of. And then when the pill wore off, the hunger came back. I kind of changed the way I eat and I love it. So thanks, MNFatLoss.com. If you want to try it like I did, it all starts with a free consultation and... If you mention my name, Rocco, or DJ Rock Lobster, or even my talk, when you call them up, you can save $200. That's right. Save $200. Call them today. MNFatLoss.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Welcome back. Donna and Steve on My Talk 1071. 
everything entertainment. We should listen to more Jelly Roll. Just a thought. And you can, Donna. Thank you. And you know I what suck? What? Jelly-filled donuts are bad donuts. They're Not exotic. They I understand them. that exotic. they look interesting on the inside. Exotic. Wow. Just in the lineup of donuts, that's more interesting than Bavarian cream on the inside. But they're just, that's just, you get a jelly donut, you're like, damn it, we needed to show up earlier. For like the cream or the chocolate or the Bavarian custard. Bavarian cream, yeah. a standard chocolate with a hole in the middle. Mm. But just that donut is not a good donut. And also that white cream, Bavarian cream oh, is the cream you one. want in a donut. No, no, no. I don't want any of that frosting oh, white cream. Okay. Angel donuts. It was something like an angel donut I used to order as a kid. I liked it. And then I was like, what am I doing? What do I even want my trajectory in life to be? I need to get off these. I feel like ever since you used the word ripe in a sentence, mm-hmm. you've changed. <laughs> because now I'm referencing certain fillings of donuts as exotic? Yes. Donna, this is New Year, New Me. That's what the Today Show told me to do. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, uh, yeah, let's study. Yeah, blah. Several long-term studies have shown... They've studied the studies. Several scientific studies have shown... And here with their findings, our study buddies... The perfect nerd couple. Donna and Steve. Who's the bigger baby about being sick? Men or women? Somebody polled 2,000 people and asked if they would rather be taken care of or just be left alone when they're sick. 53% of women say they would rather be left alone while sick. Only 47% of men said that. Now look. You're kind of in a margin for error spot there. Whatever. <laughs> However, this one did not go so well for the men. Guys were far more likely to want their mommy when they're feeling unwell. 58% said they wish their mom would still take care of them when they're sick. Oh, my God. And 43%, and this is categorically true, by the way. This should be 100%. 43% think that... Their mother would take better care of them than their significant other does. That's a hundred percent, gang. I think, I think because we feel resentful. I think so too, and we get that. We see it. In case you think you're hiding it, it's very. <laughs> it's your top layer. Okay, but you can understand why, right? I don't know. I mean, try. Women have babies and have to go to the OB there's more to it. Not only are we... Hey, listen, I'm about to turn into America Ferreira in Barbie. Here we go. I I mean, think about it. I won't. I won't. But yes, that's part of it is like the kids, mostly raising the kids and still expected to work and still expected to clean the house and still expected to cook and then we get sick and we still do it. You guys get sick and it's like, <laughs> can you get me some tea? Really? It'd be nice. It'd be nice to get tea. Really? I bet it would. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, who's asking? I don't know. The person that you tearfully said, John, 
in sickness and in health. I call bullcrap. <laughs> I believe they would be by my side during a terminal illness. But if it is the common cold, <laughs> COVID, or the flu, I'm not getting the in sickness and in health vibes. You know, my wife and I were talking about this last night because I think it's a little bit of a – I almost feel like it's become – you don't know what came first, the 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 joke or the truth, the chicken or the egg. Mm-hmm. And so now men know this. So, of course, anytime I get sick, I'll usually start it with, oh, man, I really think I'm coming down with something. So, you know, my only request is that you would give me your undivided attention, constantly coddle me, care for me, and make sure I'm okay. When in reality, I don't want her to. She says, you know, I'll ask, like, can I get you something? And you're always like, no, don't worry about it. I don't actually want the coddling. I don't want people near me i do just want to go through it alone but i feel like the joke has gotten almost in front of the truth Hmm. here in some situations Hmm. because i've never talked to it when is there is no coddling i've never talked to a guy who says oh and my wife coddles me and really takes care of me i think both husband and wife in that situation using that example both just are like, okay, you're sick. All right, then I got to do more stuff, and you just you can stay in there. And okay, now I you're sick, so I'll stay. You stay in there, and I'll be out here trying to do this stuff. I try to keep the kids away from mom when she's sick, and that's sort of the base level expectation. But I don't know of a of a guy or a girl or a husband and a wife in these situations that feels coddled while sick. I, I think it's know. pretty raw both ways. I see. A handful of people, let's take sickness out of it, okay. who baby their husbands even when they're not sick. Give me examples. Like Picking out clothes for them to wear. Well, that's a power play. Or if husband... <laughs> yeah, that's not coddling. She's or, claiming dominion. <laughs> <laughs> or if husband is on the couch and wife is also on the couch... Honey, will you get me a piece of cake? I'm sitting too. Why do I have to go get it? Totally fair. I stand with you. Okay. Thank totally you. fair. But I see it a lot, all the time. Hmm. Mike, you're a newly married man. How do you do when you're sick and your wife is in the home? Newly married, but I spent a long time single. And also living alone, away from family and loved ones. So I've always been very independent when it okay. comes to getting sick. I want no one to be around me. Just leave me alone. Let yeah. me do my thing. But I will say, that is an advantage I didn't even think about until the first time I got sick. And getting tucked in and bringing a drink or bringing a lunch in, that's kind of nice. I do like it. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, right. <laughs> hey, can I make you some soup or Sure, something? yeah, that was nice. And Lou will, to, to lose credit, she will ask a couple times those things. But then... I'll give her a couple no's, and it's clearly communicated at that point of like, I'm doing fine. You just take care of the kids. Yeah. Like, is there a way that I cannot be a part of whatever shenanigans are happening downstairs? So I think we try to keep the kids away from each other. Because once one kid gets sick also. No, that's not what – that's a part of it, I suppose, secondary. Oh, you just oh, don't want don't the kids coming in and jumping you. on you, and oh. you're laying there with body aches and shivering under oh. your blanket – Dad, can you sign this? And then they wanted you to use nine words, unique adjectives to describe me. How about, why don't you reach out to your mother? Or why don't you reach out to your father on this? 
And the the amount of rest. Why did you, you say? Why don't you reach out to your father on this? I was giving both examples oh, of like it, whoever it. sick. Oh, okay, I thought it. You had doubts about the paternity. Donna, <laughs> it just sounded weird. Sorry. <laughs> Why are you this way? I don't know. Maybe I was born this way. I think that's a fun lyric. <laughs> How about Gaga for American Idol? She could work. She could work. She could work. I think so, too. No one would work better at this time in our history than Taylor Swift. We're talking about replacing Katy Perry. This is her final season on Idol, she announced. Give $100 million to Taylor Swift. Let's see what happens. How much was Katy getting? I thought she was getting $10 million a year. No, I think she was closer to $25 million. Wow. Not too dissimilar from what you get, I would imagine, after all those years in Timbuktu. Hang on. You're so funny. That impression is getting worse, by the way. I know, I know. 25 million is uh, the rumor of what she is making for American Idol. That's amazing. So, yeah, if you're Taylor Swift, I mean, your starting number is 75. Yeah, you're right. I like it. Okay. You're my bruh. When we come back. Same name game. Rocco Clock, next. Hey, it's Rocco for Crescent Tide Cremation Services. I'm proud to endorse Crescent Tide because they are good people over there. If you look at their Google reviews, you'll see that when a death in the family occurs, uh, the Lisa and Verlin and their uh, family-run team over at Crescent Tide helps out those families. They take care of business in a prompt, courteous, sympathetic manner. And they do it at the best price around. You know, so many people these days, they don't want the whole funeral service, rigmarole. They want a simple cremation and then they want to go celebrate that uh, loved one in a way that makes sense for that loved one. Uh, My mom signed up for a simple cremation with Crescent Tide. That's something maybe you could do for your family, prepay and pre-plan like my mom did. So when uh, that happens, us kids don't have to worry about it. Uh, and I uh, talked to a co-worker who said, you know, we had a death in the family and we were going with another cremation service and things just weren't going right and the price was too much. We called Crescent Tide and they made everything better. They're good people over there. Check them out today. CrescentTide.com. My talk keyword cremation. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Including the GI Bill. Where talk is fun. Every morning from 9 to noon. The Donna and Steve experience. On my talk 107.1. Make it to Final 
little stretch of the Donna and Steve show on My Talk 1071, everything entertainment. Hey, shout out to our friends on the East Coast dealing with a lot of snow right now. Six inches. So oh, my- far in total. I heard, so far, <clears throat> I heard, my Jersey peeps. I heard that it could go uh, higher than that. The quick headline I saw said it could be some of the biggest snow in the Northeast in several years. Oh my gosh. This is terrible. Um, today is World Radio Day. Oh, yeah. We've taken the last three hours to celebrate ourselves and trust that you will continue <laughs> to do so. Email the show. We did get a lot of nice emails, by the way. Hey, I did uh, get an email from Omar. I did as well. I'm going to read it now. Cold. Okay. I already responded. <laughs> this is longtime emailer of the show, Omar, who Donna made feel unwelcome after a couple of years. He was sending us bangers of emails. You know when you have a good emailer who sends funny stuff, interesting, and then Donna has been, no, she's done this with other people in the past where she's gotten insecure because of their success. <laughs> and so she asked for him to not be on the show anymore. My words, not hers. Donna, Omar writes us, Steve is right. You scared me off a few years back, but he forgets that he did too. What? There goes yet another man lacking self-awareness and gaslighting a woman into taking the blame. No, I'm kidding. It was all you, Donna. But it's all skin of a chicken or whatever the saying is. It's not that, Omar. Also, I very much dislike eating chicken off the bone. I only eat soft meats. Also... God, is that a thing? Also, who invented the cob? Corn should only be eaten loose and preferably in a private setting. In all honesty, though, uh, it's always I'll always be a regular listener to this show. Aww. I don't know anything about pop culture or that young lady, Taylor. I truly just enjoy listening because you two are genuinely funny people. We Aww. agree, Omar. Thank, Thank you. you, Omar. P.S. I say this with peace and love, just like that elderly person Steve hates, not Madonna, the other guy he was hate-speeching the other day. <laughs> oh, what's that? <laughs> Oh, you remember Ringo Starr. Oh, that's Ringo. right. That's right. But I've been seeing this, quote-unquote, Ron the Sewer Rat van around town. <laughs> <laughs> and each time I see one, it reminds me of you, Donna. <laughs> no idea why. Donna just radiates RTSR energy, which again is Ron the Sewer Rat. <laughs> Thank you, he writes. Finally. Aww. PSS, I attached this family picture of us from last summer because we felt cute. Might delete later, though I don't know. It's baby cute. number three is due in a few months. Uh, they had some a tough run with baby number two, a miscarriage. So mm. you were um, right, Donna, about us having more kids. Omar, we're sorry to hear that you went through that. That's a tough yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, but Aww. we're happy to hear that there is another baby on the way. Um, and so that's really cool. Omar, listen, email more often. Yeah, come on. I what get are you it. Doing? You're busy. You got kids, the whole thing. We need to hear from you more. Yeah, we do. That was he is, very funny. He is, he is the champion emailer. Yeah, he's really good. During our time on this show, really he's been good. the best. R-T-S-R. <laughs> oh, my God. Could we just read a few more emails very quickly? Yes, please. Okay, this has to do with husbands and wives and when husbands are sick. Yes. Carrie says, OMG. Oh, and I was saying I have friends who do, like, baby their husbands regularly. 
She goes, oh, my God, we have a friend who cuts her husband's meat for him. Stop it. Imprison him. (laughs) Then another one. I love this one. No, no, no. Men do not jump in and do more when the woman is sick. And if they do, they expect trumpets to sound from heaven. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. It's like, oh, honey, I put the dishes away. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, let me In the house you live in, too? Yeah. Um, somebody else calling you out on your grammar. Um, let's see. Our, our friend Pam in Long Island, who's having a snow day today. Oh, hey, Pam. Enjoy the snow. Oh, somebody wants Omar to have a daily segment. I'm open to that. Huh. Anyway, then there's baby shower stuff. All sorts of things that we don't have time to go through. Was the grammar thing interesting? Could we, could the it's, whole class have learned from it? It's not lackadaisical. I think you used that word. Oh, it's lackadaisical. Lackadaisical. I don't remember. Good uh, talk. Let's call Bryant and find out what soup will be in people's mouth. I know today. what the entree is. Come down for moose soup after. It's always a surprise. Oh, no. Alan feels he's been issued a challenge yeah, by you. Brian. Uh, hey, Brian. Hi. Hey, it's Good World time. Radio Day. People are celebrating us all around the world. What Ooh. would you like to say to us? Well, keep doing what you're doing, I guess. Like you guys need another day to celebrate you. <laughs> Wow. There he is. Don't you guys do that on the air every day? Pretty much. Yeah, we we just to. ask for people to send us compliments. But we also yeah. celebrate people like you. Yes. Oh. The unsung heroes. Of the radio. That's right. What? Okay. Um, soup du jour. Uh, we got a buffalo chicken chowder. So it's That's got, good. Um, yeah, it's good. What's That's in good. it? Uh, buffalo chicken. And then what? Potatoes. Potatoes. Okay. Celery, onion. Love it. Yep. I might come and get some of that. Yes, good. Ah, Try it. Donna felt proud. She already knew the entree, which is the Mediterranean chicken. Yeah, that's because you have Brooke near you. Uh, Somebody was eating it, and I was like, I smell soft meat. See you, Brian. Bye. bye now. All right. The thing is, if, if you do eat that Mediterranean chicken, you, you can't smell it. It's on you for the rest of the day. That is your new cologne. You're right. You're right. And by the way, it was Alan who feels offended that you called Omar champion emailer. Step it up, Alan. Yeah, step it up now that we're following you. Bye.